Welcome to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's message. For more information, visit our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Do you have a Savior? And I want to challenge those of us who have given our lives to Christ. It's time you acted like you have a Savior. You know, this attitude as if you don't have help coming from anywhere sucks we make people believe that Jesus is so temperamental that his ability to save is limited and it's not relevant but I want you to point your finger at someone and ask them the question do you have a savior do you have a savior and if you have a savior act like one who has a savior if you have a savior act like you have a savior Yes, act like you've got one. Yeah, act like you've got one. Act that, act like he's a real savior. You know, not a toy savior. You know, not a savior who can't deliver you from certain things. Now, before you sit down, I want to tell you something that happened to me years ago. I was in first grade. Someone messed me up. And I was crying. Break time, I went to look for my savior. Who was my sister? She didn't come by herself. She came with her friends. And you know, in elementary school, the girls are always bigger than the boys. So when she showed up with her friends, I can't remember whether there were five other friends, but that day I had a savior. And that savior was real. Next day, I go to school with the understanding I have a savior. All the days of first grade, I knew I had a savior. Can we behave like we have a savior? I was little, but I understood that there's something called savior. And it's high time someone listening to me dusted off the notion of who a savior was and began to agree with God. And if he sent a savior, then I really have a savior. I know something is going to change today. It ain't about those gifts you get or you don't get. We're talking about a real savior. We're talking about a savior that knows how to save to the uttermost. He saves all the way. Not halfway not three quarters. The last time I checked, he's the Alpha and he's still the Omega. Can someone say Savior? Savior! You see, Peter knew a Savior when he was sinking. I don't know where you are, but listen, we're entering into the next decade with a Savior. We are not ending this year without a Savior. So with your two hands in appreciation of your Savior that's if you have given your life to Him. You don't have to say much. Just call Him Savior. Call Him Jesus. Call Him Christ. Call Him Yeshua. Call Him. Call Him by the name that is above every other name. We thank you. 
thank you for being my savior in the name that has been given unto us that name that is above every other name it's above sickness it's above trouble it's above confusion we thank you save us save nations save regions and territories save our families save our communities save our nations our schools thank you thank you have a savior I want us to think like we have a savior I want us to be people that behave like we have a savior 24 7 I want us to be able to say that he's our beginning and our end and it's not rhetoric it's something we carry in our very beings 
We want to say that he's a lifter up of our head, and he really is. We want to say that he's our strong tower. We want to be able to say he's my righteousness. And you mean it. You carry this in your very breath so that in the affairs of life, you're consistent. You're not dependent on the circumstance to keep your chest out and know that, yes, your Savior is real and he's relevant. And I want us to read a couple of scriptures. We'll tie it together. And anytime I'm giving us a bunch of scriptures, what I want to encourage you to do is think like you are watching a movie. Moving from scene to scene and we put it together. None of the movies we watch is one scene. Even if it's one actor, the, the cameras are moving in different uh, uh, spaces and giving us a montage of activities and together it becomes a whole piece. So stop reading your Bible and be disconnected from it. All right? So John uh, chapter number 1, verse 12 and 13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave them the right to become children of God, to them who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, it's important for us to establish that we can be born by different means, but God is saying to you and I that anyone that is born of him is a different breed. And I want you to know that as long as you're connected to God, you are receiving from his source his ability to do what he says he would do with you. All right? So with that established, I want us to go to the book of Isaiah. We read Isaiah 9. I believe that we've, uh, uh, if you've been around for the beginning of the service, these two scriptures you would have had been read. So Isaiah 9, let's uh, read uh, from verse, we'll just pick from uh, verse 6 to 7. Now the context of Isaiah is that Isaiah writes, Isaiah's name means the Lord saves or the Lord is savior. And he writes, interestingly, he seems to be the guy who has the most prophecies about the savior. All right, so he's, he's announcing, making this declaration that someone is coming of a certain caliber. All right, and, and at the time that he's writing this, it, it did not look like uh, he was even in the horizon. But that is God for you. He likes to make noise about what he's going to do, and then he'll do it. Amen? All right. And uh, so, Isaiah, we want to read 9, uh, just 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Now, that is important. He writes from the perspective of the plurality of this individual that is going to be born. But he says, this birth is unto us. Say, he was born unto me. Now, it's very important to understand that someone is going to get a revelation of who you are. You are born unto things. You are born unto a nation. You are born unto a purpose. I disconnect you from what you are not born for. I say it one more time. He was born unto us. 
I was born to answer to situations and circumstances. And when you are in your lane, you do fabulously well. I sip you out of the lane you are not supposed to be in. And may God open your eyes to know what you were born onto. You're not going to have middle life crisis when you know what you are born onto. And then he says, unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. <laughs> Man, I wish I could just stay there for today. But listen, can you tap your shoulders? Say the government shall be upon you. All right, now this is very important. I want you to catch this with your spirit. We are the body of Christ. Look at me. The body is from where? When we talk about the body, we're talking from shoulder down. All right, so torso is the body. Christ is the what? Head. The government is upon what? So who is carrying the government? No, no, not the head. Who's carrying the government? The body. Christ is the head. We are the body. And the government is upon his what? So who, who, be, who, who are the parliamentarians? Who are the, uh, uh, now I'm talking parliamentarians for the British. Who are the senators? Yeah, who are those who rule? Yeah, we. Now I want us to go to the book of Luke. Look, chapter number two. And we read from there but I want us to pick from verse 10, all right? Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Now, it's important, uh, Mami Esi said an incredible truth, that God already does things, we just catch up with it. All 
right? Remember, Paul said that God has prepared for you things that eyes have not seen, ears haven't heard, neither had it entered into the hearts of men, all right? The things are already prepared. You know, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people, all right? So is hell, all right? God always prepares in advance. Before you come into time, your mom is always alive. Yeah? The, the resources that need to keep you going are available before you come into your need. So, can someone say, God, open my eyes into the things that I need to be connected to? All right? And, and once we understand this, we don't whine with God. We don't let the devil take us on a tailspin. I might be broke today, but I'm not broke. Did you hear me? I may not have what I need tomorrow right now, but tomorrow is going to see me squared in my eye being taken care of by God. All right? So we move with life with conviction that God is able to do what he says he would do. Now, God always has this way of getting us to understand things he does, and then he would want us to look at it as a principle or package it uh, so that it's easy for consumption. So sometimes it's either a principle or either a pattern or something that it's easy for you to follow. So he doesn't do something and say do it without giving you a road map. So when he's sending a savior, he says unto you is born a child. <laughs> but that child don't be fooled by the packaging. <laughs> then in the same breath, he says Unto you is given a son. So a child is born, but a son is given. Meaning, he would be, anything you get will come in the childlike form, which you need to handle. So let me make it practical. So God has said certain things concerning you. He's, Paul says to Timothy, you know what? We prophesied over you. But you've got to handle those prophecies. You've got to take them as a mother takes a child and feeds that child. And then when that child grows, it will begin to speak for you. It will become a son and then begin to demonstrate the power that that thing that came and looked like a little thing was not just a little thing. It was just packaged in a little thing. That is God for you. So you, God gives you a seed, but he gives you a forest. He gives you a forest, but he gives you an industry. He packages things in small things. And you've got to understand that it's always going to be childlike and you've got to nurse it. You've got to care for it. You've got to protect the prophecies over your life. When God says something to you, you better believe it. It will come like a child. It will come like something that is crying and whining, needs to be changed around. But that thing, if you will hold on to it, it will grow and become the expressions of God's power in your life by one word god will set you free by one word it looks so is that all you got <laughs> you know the the blind man no the lame man at the gate of beautiful said to peter and john can you give us some money they said uh -uh. your exchange rate is too low the currency you're asking for does not transact for your future. We got currency that speaks. So we got the name of Jesus that can put you on your feet and make you legit, make you eligible for marriage. Money would not. 
We change you from someone who depends on others to become someone who others can depend on. That's what the name of Jesus can do for you. So this dude is looking at them and thinking, man, you're, you're, we, we're not sure about what you've got, but I want it. And Peter and John are saying, we've got a savior. Your dollars will not save you. But Jesus will save you. So Isaiah begins to prophesy, and he says a savior is going to be born. He's going to come in the form of a child. When he was prophesying it, he was, he was using the reference of Naphtali and, and, and Zebulon and Naphtali. And if you read the verses before, it talks about those who sat in the place of darkness have seen a great light. God comes in the most terrifying places, in the most terrifying conditions. I mean, how would you know he's a savior if you're not in trouble? How would you know that he can take you out of bondage if you're not in bondage? So we're not talking about a savior that is always around when everything is okay. We're talking about a savior that can handle the most complicated issues in your life. Can someone say savior? savior. You know, sometimes we, we, we think that he's not that powerful. But the day we begin to understand that the, he, he says he's going to save his people. Now I began to think, why did the shepherds leave what they were doing and run? Because there was this prophecy about savior. Everybody knew there was a savior somewhere. At the end of the day, these guys were under the influence of Rome. So when we, we are talking about a savior being born, Herod was even scared. How does this baby look like? Does he have horns? Does he eat meat? Or he drinks milk? He comes in a package, but God is saying to you and I, you've got to take him serious. Every child listening to me, Jesus is not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. You know, we, we, we see him as the ancient of days, the guy in Revelations who's Hair is all white. His eyes are fire. But he, of course, he comes in a package as a baby. So are your promises. So are your prophecies. So is this day as we celebrate his birth. But we want to say that as long as he's born, he's born to deliver. So Jesus makes it clear. You can read up. Uh, 1 John 3, 8, the latter part, he says, but the Son of Man came to destroy all the works of the enemy. So that baby had an agenda. In John 10, 10, he said himself, the enemy, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you have life and have it more abundant. We're talking about a Savior. Anyone needs a Savior, lift your hands to him and say, I need a savior. Listen, I don't know about you. I'm not looking for a God that cannot do anything. I'm not looking for a Jesus that is not powerful. I'm not looking for a Jesus that when I'm, my back is against the wall, he can't say a thing to me. No, we are talking about a savior. He came that I would have life and have it more abundantly. There is nowhere 
in his abilities that he lacks the power to do. He said to his apostles, all power on earth and in heaven have been given to me. All authority in heaven and in earth. Have been. What are you dealing with that your savior is not capable of dealing with? So I want you to write these three things down. Very important. When a son is given, we must, number one, receive. Number two, we must experience. And number three, the son must manifest. So one, you must receive. Two, you must experience for yourself. And three, the sun must manifest around you. So when Isaiah prophesied unto you a child is born, you know, what is born to you looks like it's in your lap. But what is given to you, you must accept it. It may not look like a son. Now, when you're talking about a son and a child, I don't want you to say, well, it's semantics. No, no, no. We're talking about one that is little, one that is grown. All right? When a son is of age, all right, they begin to take on the responsibilities of the home. You know, so you come as a baby, you, you, you're just taking in stuff. You have a destination, but you've got to grow into a son. And once you become a son, then you begin to move. So when we're describing him by those five things we see later that he's called by, it's being manifested through the son. And every one of us ought to understand that Abraham was asked to have a seed. Is that correct? Now we know that Abraham had children. Can I inform you, there's a difference between children and a seed. A seed carries the prototype. A seed is for perpetuation. That's why we are in Christ, Abraham's seed. That breed that can trust God. That breed that can say God is able to do. Can bring to pass things that he says. Even in circumstances that are barren. I don't know what you are dealing with. But if it looks bleak, you are of that breed. Can someone say, I, I, I'm seed, I'm seed, I'm seed, I'm seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, seed has the power inside. It doesn't look powerful on the outside. But we are talking about God putting in the seed what the future needs. So that son must grow into everything that God has in mind. That's why Ishmael could not be the seed, but Isaac could be the seed. Because that kid could lie on the altar and be killed. That kid understood, you know, so in the place of famine. And in that same year, he reaped so much. The guy began to prosper and become very prosperous. Why? He was carrying a kind of seed. Can someone say, I am of the seed of Christ? Yes. My God, I have a savior, you know. 
Anyone messes with me, you, you, I have a savior. Anyone tries to think I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, I have a savior. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyone thinks I'm going to be embarrassed, I have a savior. Yeah, I have a savior, I have a savior. It's, it's, not, it's not just mere talk. This is what I know. This is what I carry in my very being. I'm not going down. Why? Because I've got a savior. And then, you know, I just don't have a savior. They say he's going to be called wonderful. Anyone need some wonders in their life? Ah, oh, I, I don't think I'm talking to these people here. Anyone need some wonders in their life? Aha. You got, you, you got your savior that can do wonders. Now, I know that children have all these uh, uh, action uh, figures and what? Superheroes, right? And they all can do other things. Superhero, which, which superhero do you like? You know, Black Panther. Okay, so, so Black Panther can change, right? You, you shoot him, things bounce off. We're talking about wonderful. <laughs> We're talking about a savior that can do wonderful things. Stop limiting Jesus to the normal things. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, Jesus has to do just the normal. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, I want some things that will make you say, wow. Yeah, yeah. That make you say, Jesus. Even if you don't believe in him, you say, Jesus. Can someone call on the wonderful? Yeah, yeah. Can you come in your wonder? Can you come in the power of your wonder? I need some wonderful things done for house of worship. Can you demonstrate amongst us that we will know that you are indeed who you say you are? Now, please, what you don't call for, you don't get. What you don't place a demand on, you don't benefit from. Remember, when it's a son, you must receive. So the child is born that everyone might know that there's a, the availability of salvation. But his sonship, you must receive. That's why John made us know, as many as receive him, he gives them power to become. Then he says he's not just wonderful. He's a counselor. Yeah, we pay lawyers all that much. But it's hard time you, you walk with a counselor. Have your personal lawyer. Have your personal counsel. Yeah, don't make major decisions without contacting your counsel. He's a wonderful, oh my God. He's, he's not a wonderful counselor. It's not one word. He's wonderful. He's a counselor. Yeah, so don't, don't join the two. Yeah, he's wonderful. That's wonderful things. Now he's a counselor. Oh, but is he taking over the job of the Holy Spirit? No, ma'am, no, sir. My Savior is his good counsel. There is no situation that he does not have an insight to. I mean, he, he says, I'll send you the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things. Come on. How do you make major decisions without consulting with him? There's something about counsel. If you have counsel, there is a boldness. Anyone been to court with a lawyer before? Yeah. You know, these lawyers, they are just like us. They have two eyes, two ears, two feet. But I see them walk into the courtroom like it's their backyard. 
They say to that guy who enters the room and everyone has to stand up, can I approach? You dare not say the same. You can't approach. But they can approach. Does somebody have a counselor? Can you go to him and say, counselor, can you settle this issue? This is before me. Can you settle it? Can you approach the father on my behalf? The Bible says that he, he ever lived to make intercession on my behalf. The counselor. There is nothing he prays for that he doesn't get. He, after all, the, the, the judge is his father. He has an inside track. Now, please, I want you to understand that this has to do with his ability to deal politically. His ability to guide leaders. It's by counsel that you rule. If you're not a ruler, you don't need counsel. You just think about it. If you don't have a company, you don't hire a company lawyer. I mean, come on. Those of us who don't have much to our name, you usually don't look for legal counsel. But I pray that in the days to come, you have a legal counsel. You know why? Because you are coming into... Yeah, when, when you have to deal with major things, you need a counsel. Some of us don't think that our lives matter. So if God, in his wisdom, gives you counsel, he sees you as a king. He sees you as a ruler of territories. You are raising champions. Your business is not just what you are just doing. No, no. It's not a mom and pop thing in the kingdom of God. It's about changing nations, changing territories, transforming lives. Now you see, the thing about my Savior, he made this statement. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So his counsel, if you are stuck, go to counsel and say, what's the way out? What's the way? You know, the church used to be called the, the people of the way. He is the way. What is the truth of the matter? The thing with truth is that it's so powerful that when you intermingle with truth, you go to bed, it sets you free. He said, if you continue my word, then you will become my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. May truth go ahead of you tomorrow and set you free. Give you liberty wherever you need. He didn't only say that he was a wonderful counselor. He says what? Mighty. Do you see that there? Mighty. Okay, let's, let's, let's put it into context. It's easy to think about it this way. Think about the mighty in terms of your hero. Yeah? When he's mighty, that means he's your hero. He can fight for you. Yeah? He can fight for you. He's my hero. Hero is not going to let me down. Hero is not going to let me down. The, the hero always wins. If he doesn't win in this movie, he will win in the next one. <laughs> the hero always. <laughs> the reason why you make him your hero is because a hero never, never disappoints. So we are talking about a savior who is mighty. 
Can someone pop their fist and say, I've got a mighty one. I've got a mighty one on myself. <laughs> he's not only mighty. He's called the everlasting father. Is he taking the place of the father? No. You remember he said, I and the father are one. So we're talking about his ability <laughs> to express himself <laughs> in terms of ever present. Everlasting means always there. How many have felt honestly that Jesus is not hearing you? There are times we all feel that way. Like, Jesus, where are you? You seem too far away. Don't you know what's going on? I want to give you an update. Come, listen, sit down. You know, the troubles I have, it looks like heaven didn't catch them. No, no, no. We're talking about someone who is omnipotent, but also omni-what? Present. Everlasting means you can stretch it through time. Time is subject to eternity. Everlasting. Can you do everlasting? (laughs) So guess what? 2020, he got your back. 2030, he got your back. 2040, he's got your back. He's everlasting. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, then let's, let's just land with this one, the fifth one. He says he's the prince of what? <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. I love that. Hey, you know, in, in, in times of, you know, one of the things the enemy, enemy uses a lot is trying to fight our peace. You know, sometimes you're going to be okay. But between now and the time you're okay, my God, you look like uh, you, you. Yeah, you got, can you tap yourself and say, I'm going to be okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be fine. Listen, when I, sometimes when I look at the prophecies God has given me, and I look at my bank account, I say, God, are you the same person who spoke? I look at sometimes the condition I'm in, I'm thinking, God, are you sure you are going to deliver? The answer is an affirmative, yes! What I'm contending with is my peace. See, God taught us something through David. David was all that with God. A guy after God's heart. He said, I want to build you a house. God said, no. And I was wondering why. And this was God's answer. He says, you are a man of war. You can't build me anything. Why? According to heaven's design, you don't build in war. You build in what? Peace. Solomon, man of peace, you build. And the enemy knows that. He knows you're not going to go far if there's war between your ears. And sometimes the war in us, you will fail your exam because of war inside of you. Not because you haven't studied That's why it says, guard your heart with all what? Diligence. Because out of it comes the issues of life. If I can get your heart to be troubled. You know, the body can sustain a lot of things. But when your spirit is troubled, it talks about a wounded spirit who can bear. I pray from today that you allow your savior, the prince of peace, to take over. Take over your mind. Take over your spirit. Take over your body. Sit with you. Begin to champion the course of your life. Listen, breakthroughs are going to come your way. Anyway, why be miserable on the journey? So when the thing happens, guess what is going to happen? You're going to say, well, I didn't even have a good time. Your level of sharing. You know, that's why Paul gets to a place. He says, nothing will separate me from the love of God. 
So he's a prince of peace. We're talking about the prince of health, the prince of well-being, the prince of prosperity, the prince of happiness, the prince of the cessation of the activity of your enemy. I love him. He says, I would, I would give you dinner in the presence of your enemy. Now what makes it dinner is your ability to have peace. Meaning, you don't lose appetite when your enemies are across the table. I don't know about you, but there have been times I didn't want to go to the room with somebody who I didn't like. Yeah, that party, you, you decided not to go. You canceled your invitation because somebody else was coming. But I came to tell you, God says, you've got to be carrying the peace. Sometimes we've got to let the enemy know that we are going to sleep. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to be fine. You know, all those praying that sometimes we pray out of uh, fear. We should stop. Pray with conviction. You came into my territory, I'll fight you. But you're not going to get me to be doing cartwheels. Some of us have repented of the same sin over and over. How many times are you going to repent? Listen, sometimes I haven't sinned. I just woke up. So when you get on the prayer line at 6.30, I just woke up and now you say we should repent. Repent of what? Repent of what? yesterday <laughs> oh pastor anyone who says he doesn't have sin he's a liar I didn't sin yet I just woke up you understand what I'm saying sometimes we, 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 we we're just praying we have a savior we have a savior says, as far as the east is from the west. Stop repenting of things that he's forgiving you. It steals your peace. It empowers the enemy. I think we talked about peace last week, right? Yeah, so if you didn't, if you didn't listen to the message, you can go and get it. But let me give you some things quickly. All right, so peace becomes an empire. An empire is who decides. Who wins? All right? We've seen these empires in the soccer game. You call them refs. All right? So an empire is someone who decides. All right? So the empowering power of peace is that it's over decisions that trouble you. So anything that is troubling you, peace says, shut up. Go on. All right? Number two, it overrules doubts <laughs> that will disturb you. Number three, it overthrows the adversary's lies. And the adversary's lies is always uh, pointing to make sure that you are defeated. And number four, this is very important. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, he will give you perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. All right? So, there is something he calls, Isaiah named it, perfect peace is available. 
Meaning that there is pseudo peace, imperfect peace, there's human peace, all kinds of peace. But there's perfect peace. Right? That's why Daniel can walk into the lion's den and not go screaming. The three Hebrew boys can walk into the fire without hustling. Peter can sleep about to be headed. He doesn't waver. Jesus is asleep in the boat. We're talking about perfect peace. I command your spirit to be at peace. Be at peace. Your marriage is going to work. Sometimes we need to tell the trouble, trouble. You know, enough of you in this house. Enough of you in this house. There are certain things God would say to me and says, that's my conclusion. Whatever I do in between is up to me. But I want his peace. I want his peace. <laughs> say, I receive the sun. I want to experience the sun. And he must manifest in my life. I pray that this Christmas, allow Jesus to manifest. In the coming year, allow him to manifest. Experience him for yourself. Let's do this quickly. Psalm 34, verse 15. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because of Christ, you know, we walk in levels of righteousness. Um, and I, I, I believe God wants someone to hear this. Because it's important. All right? You have a savior. God hears you. Psalm 34 verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Say God's eyes on me. Now if you have not given your life to Christ, I'm not talking to you. Now if God's eye is on you, it means that he's not taking his eye off you. All right? So look at it this way. Anytime you are plugged in in walking in righteousness, God's eye is on you. Now the second part I want you to look at, and his ear is open to their cry. So his ears are captivated by cry. Now I want to tie this to the fact that unto us a child was what? Born. What do children do? They cry. They cry. When a child is born, a child will cry. You know, people will call, my child is crying too much. That is what children do. Now, if you don't cry, you're not a child of God yet. Yeah, you know, some of us don't know how to cry. <laughs> but God hears. His ears, is, his ears what? His ears are open to the cry. <laughs> cry opens God's ear. The day you start crying, God will hear you. There's something the enemy does. How do you boil a frog? Slowly. There are levels of your comfort that can be taken away and you will never notice. There are levels of your peace that can be taken away you will never notice. Till you get to the place where you, you get frustrated. That's when you let out a cry. That's what happened to the children of Israel. So till they cried, God didn't send a savior. Listen to me. The sound of the baby crying invokes the ears of God's ability to release a savior. His ability for the son to step in comes through the crying. Now, anytime we 
quick cry. It's a plea, a direct plea for God to respond. We've all been parents who've had little babies. Sorry, not all of us. <laughs> and I know the cry from the cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are certain cries that would force you to do something. And God is saying, I need to hear some people's cry. You have a savior. Can you cry? I'm not talking about complaining. It's not, listen, crying prayer is not robed. It's not exotic. It's not, you know, you know how to you stagger your prayer. No, no, no. That cry is not like that. Children just, ah! And I pray that before the new year, you will let out a cry in your room. I pray that you will let a cry over your children. You will let out a cry over your business. Let a sound from you. Say, Savior, you've got to do something. This is a dimension of prayer we all need to enter into. We get so sophisticated, so knowledgeable. We leave the one that has weight. And I pray that as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, you'll never forget that he was born a child, but he was given to you as a son. And we all need to walk as children and then manifest as sons. If you are born as a savior anywhere, you come as a child, but you've got to grow up as a son. I pray that God would use this season to love on you beyond a present you got or you didn't get. Can we bow our heads? <laughs> Can someone say to their Savior, I receive you. Uh, I believe in you. I, I welcome you in my life. Manifest in every shape and form. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing today. I proclaim your liberty because of the Savior. I proclaim that the difficulties that have confronted you, may your Savior answer as you call on him. We thank you for today. Thank you for the authorization of the sound of our cry. We bless you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and were blessed by it. For more information, visit us at our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.